Welcome to Stop Overthinking, the podcast for overthinkers, people pleasers, and perfectionists who want to feel calm and confident enough to handle whatever life sends your way. I'm your host, Kristen Odegaard, a women's life and mindset coach, lifelong educator, and recovering perfectionist. Hello, welcome to episode 15 of the Stop Overthinking podcast. Today, we're going to talk about work and that elusive work-life balance. What got me started thinking about this topic was earlier this week, I was at the gym talking with a friend about another mutual acquaintance who was, was changing jobs. And the friend that I was talking to said, you know, it's not really about the grass being greener. It's just which shade of yellow you want for your grass. And that made that made me just chuckle a little bit. One, because it's very dry around here right now and our grass is pretty crunchy. But I, I think that's that's so true. And we have this notion that work, if if something is just different, then everything is better. This is such a common topic that I talk through clients and even with my friends, you know, we spend so much time working and it has the ability to impact every facet of our life. And it often does everything from, you know, family and leisure time and finances. This is a fairly new phenomenon. Again, if if you think back a couple of generations ago with our grandparents, they were not working for personal growth or passion or fulfillment. It was a means of survival, of generating income. It was just necessary. And that's not to say that you can't enjoy it, but the current thinking that has been much more recent and things have evolved. The workday has gotten longer. Often the jobs are more mentally taxing. With tech, it's harder to disconnect. And for women, we have dual loads of a work job that you are either as an entrepreneur, owning your business, working for someone else, and then the work at home that often gets put on our laps as well. The current thinking about work and the fact that people are, you know, changing jobs more and more in their career, they're not staying with with one job or one company your entire life. And jobs just keep evolving. There are so many things that exist now that didn't when I went to college in the late 90s. So there, there's been this evolution, of course, of work and how we think of work, which needs to happen. But there's also still this dual pressure of work. It's work and it needs to be fun and fulfilling. You need to like the people that you're with and want to have the right amount of time off. It's flexible enough for your family and your hobbies and it, you get paid your work. And it's interesting to stop and think about where did all of these ideas come from, as well as the fact that what I think about work and what is the right amount of time off and what kind of flexibility I need is very unique and individual to me and not necessarily the same for you. My generation, you know, was a little bit different in the sense that we were taught that we could have it all. And definitely for those of you who are younger in your 20s and 30s, this would be the case for you too. But this was a switch more for, for my me as a Gen Xer. And, you know, you could have it all. You could have the high-powered job and a family. 
but very little came off of our plates. And we end up with two to three full-time roles. So it's easy to just blame work being the problem. It's work. It's your coworkers. It's your clients. It's your boss. It's the economy. Instead of taking a look at the bigger picture and also taking ownership of what we're allowing to happen in our life, whether or not we have boundaries in place and whether or not our expectations of work are even realistic. I know lots of people who are jumping from one job to the next, looking for that greener grass. And if that's working for you and you enjoy it, great. But for most people, it's not. I heard a statistic recently that for all of the people who changed jobs in either 2020 or 2021 with the pandemic and and people were job hopping all over the place, about two thirds of them regret leaving the previous job for wherever they are right now. And that's just really interesting because for whatever it was that wasn't working and you take this leap over to the next place, it might fulfill one need, but there's often going to be a gap someplace else. And so being able to recognize what that is, recognize what your expectations are, as well as the fact of, is this really serving you to think this way? I have a client that I've been working with. And when she started that the narrative for her was, this isn't what I signed up for when she took the role two years ago. And we've talked about it and I asked her, okay, you took this job two years ago. Why are you still there? And she told me the money is good and that there was a big signing bonus that she'd have to partially pay back. And she wasn't sure where else she would go anyway. So we talked through that. But ultimately I asked her, why are you so attached to this thought that this isn't what I thought it would be? And she gave me all sorts of reasons. Well, it, it isn't. You know, this is what I was told in my interview. This is the way it started. And now it's not that. Okay, I get it. But now it's been two years. You know what the job is. Thinking this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Why are you hanging on to that thought? It doesn't make you feel good. What is it doing for you? Because I don't see it being very helpful for her. And so that was a really interesting conversation about why are you hanging on to this idea? And we do this with so many things, but you know, definitely in this case with, with work, sometimes we just get attached to a thought and we don't consciously check ourselves to think, why am I still doing this? Ultimately for her, it was about, you know, kind of deflecting blame. She didn't want to have to second guess taking this job or or beating herself up. So it was easier just to keep like pushing this off. Like it's not what I thought it would gonna be. I don't have to take ownership of this decision. And ultimately, and that's very true. It, it wasn't what you thought it was gonna be. Okay, fine. But now you know what it is. So we have some other things that are also true. So why are you still there? And again, for her, there a lot of it was was a financial component. Nothing wrong with that. Own it accept it. Like I'm choosing to stay here because it's paying me more than I could get anywhere else. And I don't want to pay back tens of thousands of dollars in the signing bonus. Good enough. There's, that is also true. And then you are not going on this constant hamster wheel of this isn't what I signed up for. How much time and energy are you spending on that circle? 
And for you, maybe it isn't the thought, this isn't what I signed up for, but it's something about your coworkers or your boss that, or the job that is just mundane and not fulfilling anymore. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, why am I hanging on to this? Even if it's true, is this helping you out? Is this getting you further along? Is this turning you into the woman that you want to be? How much time are you spending on that thought? And is it moving you forward? So for this particular client, we know you wanted to stay for the money. You made a job change. You don't want to pay back the bonus. You don't need to second guess this. I love the quote from Byron Katie, who says that when you argue with reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. So this is one of those cases where there are going to be multiple things that are true, multiple things that you can find evidence for. If you are in a job situation right now that you don't love for whatever reason, one, ask yourself, why do I need to love this? And two, what is this job providing for me? Instead of focusing on all of the things that it isn't providing for you, is it enough to just focus on what it is providing for you? And it might not be enough. And that's fine. And then hopefully you are taking action and actively looking for something different. But if it is just to complain and to nag and to try and deflect everything that is wrong onto other people, the situations at work, the projects and things that you didn't ask for, it might be helpful to pivot. One of the things you can do is consider what is your instruction manual for this role? We've talked about manuals lots of times. These are all of the expectations that you have. When X happens, then this is the response that people should have. It's all of your expectations, the way that things should be. This can be for the people you deal with on a regular basis, circumstances, situations. And then you need to consider, is this realistic? Or are you just wanting it to be different? You can want it to be different, but be honest with yourself. Are you doing anything about it? Are you just complaining and blaming? If you want more passion, more purpose in your life, does it need to come from your job? Or can it come from your family and your hobbies? And what I often hear from clients is, I don't have enough time to have enough time for hobbies, enough time for the family and other things that I want to do. And it's the fault of my job. And it goes back to, one, do you have boundaries in place? Is this the expectation of the job? And if you don't like it, what are the good things that are keeping you there? Because it's a choice to stay. It's a choice to complain. It's a choice for a lot of these things. And I know this sometimes isn't really what people want to hear, but hang with me. You aren't happy with coworkers and people that you work with. And that can be a big deal because we know that that environment and the energy can come from other people. What expectations are you putting on them? What are you contributing to the situation? And is it bad enough that you're re ready to take action and do something else? And if you're not, you need to own that. I'm choosing to stay here for whatever reason. This job works for me right now. You can have these other thoughts instead of the complaining. So please don't hear me that there aren't negative job situations. I have certainly transitioned in different roles. I have had situations where, you know, I just didn't want to be there anymore. And that's fine. And I've also had situations like when I was going through my divorce and transitioning where 
I had I made a conscious decision that the flexibility and some of these other benefits were more important or the most important thing in a job for me right now, rather than the work that I was actually doing. Because in my life, in that moment, that was true. And that's what made sense. So I wasn't getting up every day necessarily energized for work or even loving it. But it was what I needed for me and my family in that moment. And when I was able to make that shift, it also was a whole lot easier for me to put boundaries in place about my time because I was consciously choosing, here's the job, here's what I'm willing to do, this is why I'm staying. But it just gave me that clarity of also being able to turn off the phone and not answer email and the boundaries that I needed to put in place. So I also want to take a moment and just address this concept of work-life balance. And I'm, I think I've mentioned before in, in terms of balance, more of a teeter-totter that kind of has different sides that go up and down. Very rarely is something 50-50 all the time that it's going to swing back and forth. And what we're trying to do is just kind of smooth that out. So you're going to have your gradual ups and downs and we want to have fewer, you know, crashes to the ground or, you know, momentum feel like we're flying off the other end, just to smooth it out as we're going up and down. And that might be helpful to you to also come up with your own definition, whatever that's going to be of what that work-life balance should look like and can look like for you. What are you va your values and your priorities? And are those lining up with your day-to-day? And if it's not, it's a great time to do some reevaluating. And maybe you can continue doing that in, in your own role. Maybe this is just a season of life that you have decided I need to put, put in the time and the effort and this grind, knowing that there's going to be sacrifices of some other things. And instead of being disgruntled about it, just accepting this is the season that I'm in right now and it's not always going to be that way. There are lots of ways to think about things. Not that it always has to be positive, but we tend to get into these, you know, tunnel vision and only focusing on one part of it. And often our brain is going to skew negative and life has some negativity. That's true. You can also be more conscious and decide I'm not always going to stay in that negativity. I'm going to use my brain, see things more broadly, and examine some different perspectives. So overall, this is just to say that what you think about work is just that. It's your thoughts. It's your perspective. It's your ideas. And all of that is filtered through your beliefs and your values and your priorities. And since they're thoughts, you have more power than you realize to consciously choose which thoughts you want to dwell on. You can use the thoughts, it gives me what I need right now, or this is working for me now, and it can change at any point in time. So I hope this gives you a couple of other things to think about and to re-examine your thoughts when it comes to work, especially if this has been a negative experience for you lately. Why are you there? Why are you choosing this? Because you are choosing it. Take some ownership of that. Examine what those are. And are those thoughts 
on why you're choosing it. More helpful for you on a daily basis to get you off off of the hamster wheel of negativity. I'd love to hear your feedback and your thoughts on this topic and others. Otherwise, I will talk with you next week. Have a great week.